Welcome to the Pure Parenthood podcast, brought to you by Pure Baby. I'm your host, Tiffany Wells, and I'm the head educator here at Pure Baby. Hi, everyone. Today, we welcome Joanne Botton, who is a child and family health educator at Caritane, to our podcast. Today, we'll be discussing an important and exciting milestone for your little one, talking. Hi, Joanne. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you. So I guess the first typical question is going to be, when do babies start talking, Joe? And is there an age that's specific to uh, when they first start, start to sort of form those words? Because I think that's something that everyone likes to know. It's such an exciting time to have your little one start to talk. Of course, it is really exciting. It's one of those milestones that parents really look forward to. Mm. Um, and I guess one of the things for parents to be mindful of or be aware of is that actually the part of the communication development phase actually starts during pregnancy. So mm. it's always a really lovely idea to start to talk to your tummy or, or have other people, other family members start to talk to the tummy and talk to baby in the tummy mm. um, and they start to become familiar with the sounds and the pitch and tone of different family members that they're going to be around um, and this starts to build those communication pathways in the brain and starts to really build that foundation for talking um, as after they're born lovely um, <laughs> Yeah, so doing that as early on as possible and it gets you into the habit as a parent, I guess, of, of talking to your baby and mm. that can be a, a difficult thing to do if, if you're not naturally a big talker. Mm. Um, so it's a good practice period for you to start that communication process. Yeah, for sure. And so after the baby's born, they will start to make small sounds and to start to mimic some of the, the noises and the sounds and the facial expressions mm. that they see and hear from a parent or from other family members in the home. And they'll do that fairly quickly. Mm. So usually by the age of about six weeks, you'll already start to notice that they'll be making those ooh and ah and little cooey sort of sounds that babies make that are really cute yeah. and we love to hear. <laughs> um, and certainly one of the big things is crying and, and that sort of the little whimpering crying noises that babies can make is mm. the really early foundation of that communication mm. when they can't use words and formulate the things that they want to say just yet they crying is their really first form of communication to let somebody know that they want or need something from them mm. so it's really helpful for parents to acknowledge that that when their baby is crying to even talk to them about that oh I can see that you need me what is what's I wonder what What's happening for you right now are you hungry are you tired what's happening I can see that you're trying to let me know something's happening for you mm. so to really start to talk and to respond to those early forms of communication even though they're not clear and we don't know exactly what it is that they're trying to say they are trying to say something so yeah. really acknowledging that mm. and that uh, and starting to participate in that to and fro kind of um, communication skill mm. I guess one of the other things to think about is that it's really easy to get caught up as a parent sometimes with our phones and our iPads and, you know, touching base with everybody on social media. So trying to remember, I guess, to put 
our phones down and, and really spend some time talking and engaging with our children from really early on, from those really early days um, mm. after they're born. So mm. during feeding times is a really good time to sit and to really make some really lovely eye contact and to start to really engage and, and form a, a nice attachment. And we do that by really being present in the moment and talking and, and letting them know what we're doing. One of the things I say with parents sometimes you can kind of act like their commentator for what's happening throughout the day. So just sort of talk and explain all the little things that you're doing. I'm just going to go and get a drink now. I'm just going to pick you up and let's go and change your nappy or let's go and put your wrap on and get you ready for bed. And, oh, I can see that you're upset. Let's have a cuddle. And we can mm. start, you know, starting to just really commentate the things that you're doing and that you see that your baby is doing or trying to do. It really helps to start to build those communication skills and those pathways in the brain for yeah. our babies as part of that foundation for talking. Mm. That's so fabulous to know and I think it uh, brings back lots of memories for me with my little ones. I'm minded teenagers now but just thinking about just the little things that I used to do but I think the commentary is lovely and I do remember having those little conversations with them and you know just yeah. thinking about explaining what you're doing and really I think sometimes too it can be lonely as a parent being at home particularly if it's just you and the baby so having a chat with them or talking to them at least it's someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Can, you're right really sometimes parenting can be be a bit of a lonely time mm. when your baby's a little and they don't really talk and, yeah. um, and say so much yes. and sometimes we're, we're home on our own with them yes. so it can get lonely mm. so really um, you know we don't want to go a whole day without really talking and saying much so kind of trying to get into that habit mm. of just yeah like I say really commentating your day and commentating your baby's day it really helps them to sort of hear you get used to the different pitches and tones in your voice mm. it's also really important to use some facial expressions when you're um, when you're talking so when you see that your baby's crying you might make a little frown face and and change the tone of your voice that lets them know that you you know I can see that you're sad and mm. that you kind of have that empathy and understanding about what's happening for them and that that sort of also builds that cross section around understanding emotions and, and communicating emotions and how we feel not just the the words that we say but the the actions and the behaviors mm. that we have so a big mm. part of communication is not just words but also very much our pitch and our tone and our body language and our facial expressions so yeah it really makes sense to make sure that we're using all of those skills Mm, absolutely. So Joe, can you take us through some of the most common developmental milestones from birth to three years? You know, when, when your baby comes into talking and, and how those sort of milestones come about? The ooing and ahhing and coos are really our first sort of starting of talking for mm. our babies. And yeah. that really starts from around about six weeks of age. Yeah. And certainly the crying and the um, the whimpering sounds that you will hear start straight away. So that's that's our sort of first indication of language and communication development. By the time our babies get to around six months of age, we're starting to hear those laughing sounds. And that's always a really exciting time for yeah. parents. And we can see that our baby is reacting to us and, and laughing and, and finding humour and joy in things that they're seeing and doing. Mm. Around that same time, around that six-month mark, um, you'll also see that babies start to copy some of the sounds that they're hearing from the people around them. So it might be little coughing and little sneezing and, and little hiccupy sort of sounds, little things that they're hearing regularly or that they find, you know, easy and, you know, common to 
to mimic, mm. they will try and do that around that sort of five to six month mark. So again, they won't have the clarity of words specifically, but they're practicing the, the sounds that they will use for their language mm. by making those little mimicking sounds and, and copying what they're hearing and seeing. Mm. They also around that age start to practice the different pitches and tones in their voice so then you'll start to hear a bit more change variation in the, in the way that the sounds are made and the things that they're doing okay. and that's all again that practice mm. um, process for language for them by the time their our babies get to around the nine to twelve month mark we can start to hear actual words start to come into play so things like mama and dada baba are usually the, the most common first words i guess that we hear from babies they a lot of parents will be will consider their first words yeah and that's always again another really exciting time when you first get called mama or dada yeah. <laughs> for the first time it's always lovely and that can happen between nine to twelve months it's really important to remember as a parent though that we say nine to twelve months there's a bit of a window there so every baby is a little bit different mm. um, so some babies might start that around nine months even maybe a fraction before that but some babies might that might not do that until closer to the 11 month mark and okay. that's okay yeah um just keep talking to our babies and, and giving them the opportunity to make sounds and practice their language skills mm. by the time our babies get to, to 12 months of age we're looking at communication styles that include more gross motor skills. So they might be starting to wave at people and they might be starting to point at things that they like or things that they see. And so that is forming part of that communication process. So mm. when we see our babies do things like that, if they're pointing at something, our job as their commentator, again, is to talk about that. Oh, I can see that you're pointing over at the light or you're pointing at the dog. So we start to give words to the things that they're pointing at and seeing mm. so that we're acknowledging that we can see what they're doing and they're trying to tell us something and we're then giving them some of the words to build on to those skills yeah great idea yeah and usually I guess around that sort of 12 month to 18 month mark because then you'll start to because they're doing mamas and babas and they're cooing and ahhing sounds and they're also starting to babble a little bit more mm. so it all almost feels like we're having little conversations with our babies we may not understand what they're saying mm. but again it's a really part important part of that language skill development when they feel like they're practicing and they're and they're having an opportunity to to talk about or say the things that they're seeing and, and hearing um, our job as a parent is to really encourage that and acknowledge that we're hearing that and seeing that and being involved in that conversation with them yeah it's so nice to be able to kind of have like you said that commentary and that conversation starting I think because like you said it's that when they're pointing to things or when they're even looking at something you know hopefully if, if you if it's repeated repeated enough for example you know like that's the dog or or there's the cat yeah. or I can see you looking at the cat you know hopefully they'll pick up on those words and they'll really if they hear it enough they'll understand that that's what that is so that's exactly. it's a great tip and it's a great thing to to really think about I guess when you do have a baby it's not it's not normal for you to necessarily be a commentator like you just ex yeah. ex used examples there it's not normal to kind of do that so I guess it's like training yourself to to do those things isn't it 
Yeah, definitely. It's not comfortable for everybody. Not everybody's a naturally a big talker or, mm. um, you know, that's not something that we're all comfortable with. So it can feel a little bit awkward and a little bit uncomfortable, mm. but certainly the more you repeat words and, and repeat phrases, that's how our children are going to learn mm. what things are. So if we're saying every time it's time to give them uh, some food or a drink, if we're saying, okay, it's time for a drink now, would you like your drink now? Here's your drink. Mm. Then they're eventually going to go, oh, that's called a drink. Yeah. <laughs> so then they're going to use that word when they want to and they might start to put their hand up and say, just say drink. Yes. So initially... They're not going to be able to talk in sentences. It will be one-word answers, but it will be things like the th- it'll be those repetitious words that they've been hearing. So yes. drinking up is another one that kids will often say. You know, they you know you know it's time to get up now. Let's get up off the floor, or mm. let's get up and do this now. So up is often one, and and kids part of their development will often put their hands up when they're you know wanting something or reaching for you. So when we see them do things like that, and we put the word to go oh you want to get up now so then our children will start to put their hands up and also use the word up to say this is what I want yes so they're using those words repetitiously is absolutely a fantastic way to help them build their skills in language Mm, so mm. those words that are really common with our kids Mm. like drink and sleep and play and Mm. dog and cat mum dad you know and people's names like nan and pop or Mm. you might have a sibling you know, they might have another uh, another child at home, so using their name frequently. They're the, they're the words that are most commonly picked up, first of all, with yeah. children because they hear them so yeah, frequently. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really a really good opportunity is that, like you say, that commentating and to, to really be repetitious about the things that we're seeing and what we're doing, yes. and they're the words that they're going to pick up on first. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, by about... 18 months of age now we're getting to the age that you you would expect that they're starting to build a bit of a a vocabulary a bit of a basket full of words Mm. so around about 18 months you would expect that they might have a vocabulary of about um, up to about 10 words Mm. Um, and it will be those more frequent words like we were talking about yeah and Around about the age of two, and again, this is a little bit different for everybody, but around the age of two, we will start to see children put some of those words together. So they might say things like, up mum, or drink mum, or drink dad, daddy up. So they'll start to put those, form those first Mm. little sentences by Mm. using those frequent words and and joining them together. They won't have all the joining words in between yet. They'll just know to put together the words that they know. And our job as a parent then, when they're using those things, using those, starting to build those little two-word sentences, Mm. is to help to build on those. You want to come up to mummy now. So we start to add on those little words in between that will help to build those Mm. vocabulary and to build those bigger sentences for them. Yeah. It's really important, I guess, too, in those times is when if children make a mistake when they point to something and they call it the wrong name or they say it, you know, they say up instead of down or or something like that, that we don't say, no, that's not right because we don't want to, you know, upset their confidence and and sort of make them feel like they they can't do it or they're they're not very good at it because 
we want to help build that self-esteem mm. and that confidence in mm. their language development. So we might just repeat what they've said, but with the correct things. So you want to get up now instead of if they said down and they meant to say up, you want to get up now. You want to go and do this now or whatever, so yes. whatever it might be. So we correct, we say what it is that we think they're trying to tell us with the correct words instead without saying to them, actually that was wrong. No one wants to hear that. We want to be really, really careful about building their self-esteem and that confidence and just to continue to help them. They're still in a really, you know, learning phase of that language development. So we, it's a critical time to help to keep them feeling confident and, and to, to really keep working at it and trying, plugging away at it, I yes, guess. Yes, yes. Um, and I guess the thing around the age of two that happens as well around language is that because their vocabulary is still quite small, mm. but they're trying so hard to really put those communication skills into practice, they're they get a little bit frustrated sometimes. So when they want something and they they know what it is and they know what they want, but they don't have all the language skills yet and the words to be able to express that and to ask for what they want. So mm. that's when sometimes we start to see some behavioural things around that. So we might see some hitting or some little throwing ourselves on the floor and little tantrums and yelling, those sort of throwing toys, that sort of stuff, when they get frustrated because they know what they want, yes. but they just don't quite have the skills yet to be able to really express what it is they're after. So yeah. that can be a really difficult and challenging time for parents as well mm. when we start to see it around that too, mm. um, some mm. of those behavioural skills that come along with that not quite ready, you know, language yes. um, development just yet. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely then by the time we get to the age of three so two is a really big period of bringing a lot of those language skills together they're starting to build those sentences and build their words basket up their their the amount of things that they can say yes so by the age of three they've had a lot more practice now at saying those words and so there should be some more clarity around the things that they're saying mm. so when they're in that sort of 18 months two years two and a half years some of the words they say as parents we often understand but so maybe people around us can't quite understand what it is they're saying they're not used to the, the way in which they pronounce things and they sound adorable the, yeah. the cute little words that they say around that age is awesome yes um, and a lot of fun yes but definitely by about the age of three you'll hear some more um, clarity and some more clear words um, and, and a lot more understandable yeah. um, words for people to hear yeah 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 lovely I've got little uh, nieces and, and and things so I I'm around them a bit so I do all those little words are coming up now and it's so lovely to, to be reminded of those, like you said, those little words that they say that you know they're trying to say something and it's kind of sometimes you can make out what it is and sometimes you can't. So you need to ask them, you know, ask their mum and dad or you need to sort of ask them to repeat the word again or say, did you say, do you mean this? Or, you know, were you pointing at this and did you mean this one or whatever? So it can be tricky, but it's just such an adorable time and uh, brings about lots of memories for me with my kids and the different words words that they used to say for for uh for different things and it's yeah absolutely gorgeous and it's such a special it time is. it is it's definitely a, a really fun time challenging as well for parents at times yes. but a lot of fun to hear those different things so there's a lot of babbling around those words as they're trying to form proper sentences so sometimes as a parent or as an auntie you know we're often 
listening to a sentence um, from a from a child and we're just trying to grab onto one or two words yes. to try and make sense of what it is you're trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And the way that they look at you is if, you know, you should understand what I'm trying to say to you as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you can see that frustration sometimes, but also when you do understand and that little joy in their face, like, oh, oh. they understood what I was saying. So that's really absolutely. special as well. Yeah. It's wonderful for children when, like you say, they have that somebody heard me and understood what I say it's a really wonderful joyous feeling and really helps to build that confidence in that self-esteem so then they will keep trying and yes. keep moving towards that absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah what are the types of things that uh, parents can do to enable talking with their little one I mean you've been through a lot now but are there specific things that you would talk to someone about or give suggestions on when it comes to you know how can we get a little one's talking um, early on or how can we best enable talking with our with our baby or our child so one of the skills that we can use as a parent is reading is one of the I guess the more common practices that we would recommend yes. so oh, as I said earlier commentating is one of the things so always talking to our kids but reading to them as well so books are a really wonderful way for kids to develop their uh, their language skills and their words their vocabulary and one of the wonderful things about books and stories is that it has a lovely range of words within them but we also have the capacity then as the person reading the story to to really um, change and alter our pitch and our tone when we're reading and, the, and use facial expressions so they start to learn the emotion and the feeling around what it is that they're seeing and hearing so when we say the word angry and then we say the word angry you know just by changing our pitch and our tone and our facial expression yes. really changes what that word means yes. and what that looks like in a sentence so Absolutely. by reading stories a lot of children's storybooks will have you know a lot of repetition in them and a lot of books will also have rhyming words so they become a little bit of fun and and it helps to build the excitement in the in children so children when they're read too frequently will start to have a form attachment to certain books mm. so the sound and the pitch and the tone and the expressions that people use when they're reading those particular stories become really fun and exciting so mm. kids mm. then start to learn to you know think about what's actually happening in a story they get start to get, build their imagination skills which helps then further develop those language skills mm. it also helps them to have um, some anticipation skills about what's coming next on the page what's going to happen next in the story so they start to think about their, their little brains start to think uh, and about what's going to happen and, and what's what tone and what, what excitement and what feeling is going to come with that next page or that next line in a story. So, yes. you know, and the wonderful thing about books is that, you know, there's all the pictures that come along, you know, with the words so they can start to really visualise what it is that they're hearing from yeah. a parent. So books is a really wonderful way to help to build the language skills. When it comes to teaching methods and things that you would potentially encourage people to, to work with home with their children as they do get a bit older I know you've mentioned reading are there any other tools that you potentially would encourage people to to engage with singing the wonderful thing about singing is that there's a lot of movement around you know we can have at, at little actions and hand gestures and you know kick our legs around or, or dance around the lounge room nursery rhymes that we we know of or have heard ourselves growing up and that's sometimes a lovely thing just to be able to pass down from 
to our children from our own parents is that, you know, this is something that my mum used to sing to me or my grandparents used to sing to me. And now I'm going to sing that to you. And it's, it, you know, comes a bit of a generational hand-me-down sort of um, thing, which is always lovely. Um, and that may also be songs even that we hear on the radio. Obviously, we'd like to be careful about the kind of songs that we're playing on the radio <laughs> in front of our children. Yes. Um, the content and the word, wording in them, certainly. Yes, but, yes. you know, certainly there are certain songs that we hear on the radio, nursery rhymes and things. So that becomes a really exciting way to and a fun way for, for small children to learn words because they get to dance around and skip and jump and, and be kind of boisterous and fun and at the same time learning some new words and some language skills as well. Yeah, yes. And a lot of people give their children screens to work from. Is that something that you would encourage and, and how much screen time and that sort of thing when it comes to that would you typically recommend because I think that's a big one these days yeah it is and it's difficult for parents I guess you know where our lives are really busy so um, screens can be a really helpful tool for parents at times but the recommendation is actually that children under the age of two have really minimal if if any, screen time at all. So the best way for language skill development is actually engaging with other people. So Mm. putting down those screens as much as possible and Mm. really engaging and being involved in, you know, sitting down on the floor and playing or going outside and kicking a ball around or it might just be going and looking and talking about the flowers that you see or the grass or the birds or things like that. So again, it's that real commentary, putting down putting away the screens as much as possible. Mm. Um, And realistically, I understand that that's, you know, we can't, it's hard for parents to live completely screen free. Mm. So uh, what I'm saying is, I guess, to just minimise that as much as possible, that your kids are going to learn most from you and from people around them rather than from what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So the language skills are best developed with that real face-to-face interaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always good to kind of get a handle on, I think, too, and just keep in mind, like... It's, it can be tricky to, to find the time or change habits if you're used to being on screens or it's something that they're going to have to do, for example, when they start to go into a learning environment at, you know, whether it be a preschool or a school, because obviously that's going to be a huge part of the future and it is already. Definitely. So I guess it's just finding that balance, isn't it? Absolutely. The balance is the the part. So I guess, you know, using screen time, if kids are on screens all the time, then it's so normal for them that it's not exciting. It's Mm. not that helpful a distraction tool for parents in the end if kids are on them all the time anyway. So, you know, it might be that, you know, if you've got to go and hang a load of washing out, rather than going here, watch the telly or play on the iPad while I go and do that, take them outside with you or get them to help pass you the pegs or you know they can run and kick a ball around while you hang the washing on the line and you talk about them just hanging up the clothes they're a bit mm, better put them mm. in the washing and again you're commentating what you're doing I can see you kicking the ball you're doing such a great job you know that so because the important part of that also is that when we're involving them in the tasks that we're doing and we're watching the tasks that they are doing and commentating that it gives them the confidence to to continue to do those things Mm, so and mm. to you know if we kind of say to if they're kicking a ball around and we're busy doing our own jobs and not sort of engaging with what we're seeing with them Mm. then it does it's it kind of loses any kind of meaning and purpose for them so you know really kind of letting them know that we see them kids want us as parents we're the most important person 
for them. So mm-hmm. giving them some attention in little bits in throughout the day helps to take away those big attention-seeking behaviours that they might see you know, at other times as big behaviours. So really giving, letting them know that we're seeing what they're doing. So I can see you kicking your ball around, you're doing such a great job, helps them go, okay, they see me, I'm okay, we're all still, in the, you know, still aware that I'm here and they can see what I'm doing and I'm doing a great job because they said I did a good job mm. and that builds their confidence, lets them know that we're still together and I'm, I'm okay and I'm safe and so then they're more likely to keep doing what they're doing rather than come back and go, hang on, but you haven't engaged with me for a while yes. and then you start to get some of those attention-seeking behaviours. So, yeah, that makes perfect um, sense. Yeah, Mm. and also, you know, really talking around emotions is a really important part of language development. Mm. So when we see kids are getting frustrated or getting angry about something or they're upset about something, it's okay to talk about that, to say, you know, I can see that you're getting angry and that's okay, you're allowed to be angry, we're all allowed to feel out whatever we feel, we can't Mm. control how somebody else feels, Mm. but acknowledging that is really important. So I can see that you're getting really angry and that's okay, but it's not okay to hit somebody when you get angry or it's like you know when we're feeling angry how about we try and do this when we're feeling that way you know so we kind of give them some words to describe what it is that they're feeling they start to understand that when I feel like that that's the word that's the emotion around that and we're also teaching them the skills to sort of deal with that that helps them become comfortable with letting our parents know what emotion they're feeling Mm. and that really helps really right up until right through to you know those teen years when Mm. when a teenager has grown up talking to parents around feelings and being comfortable and open around emotions then when they're feeling sad or something's happened to them as they grow older they're more comfortable and likely to come and use those words and say actually this is how I'm feeling and this is what's happening for me so that starts building those foundations for that language uh, around how we're feeling what's happening for us starts in those really early couple of years so really talking Mm. about what it is in those emotions that we're seeing with our children helps to build that emotional vocabulary as well. Yeah that makes perfect sense and like you said if you can get in early and start those really good patterns of communication and letting them know about how to express their feelings as you said I think is yeah it is vital and I guess I, I've got teens so I know how important it is as they get older <laughs> in knowing yes, how to communicate um, so I think it's yeah th- there's some fantastic tips so what would be those top things to kind of focus on when your little one starts to talk yeah so I guess again starting from start talking to your baby while you're still pregnant start trying to practice using those words and and being their commentator from the from the very beginning yeah and then of course once they're born to to continue using those words act as their commentator talk about it what it is that you're seeing and what you're doing really helps to build those that vocabulary up use expression and pitch and tone in your voice and facial expressions because we know a big part of communication is more than just the words that we're using so it's all that, that pitch and tone and our and our expressions and our body language so using all of those things when we're talking mm. and doing that from pregnancy right from birth um, and continuing on 
mm. reading um, to our children, we can start doing that from when they're babies, getting to, into that routine of at that pre-bedtime routine is mm. reading a little story to them or sing a little nursery rhyme to them mm. um, before putting them into bed. That becomes part of that bedtime routine. Mm. And that sets them up, you know, as they get older and, and don't have so many sleeps during the day to know night and day is when they have their story time and they yes. have their nursery rhymes and things you know before bed that kind of lets sets the tone mm. um, for doing that as well so repeating words having those words that they hear frequently mm. they're, they're the things that they're words that they're going to start to use and repeating those back so you know if they say mommy drink you'd like a drink from mommy would you okay let's go and get a drink then so we we're acknowledging that we've heard what we've said what they've said and we're going giving them some other words to fill that sentence and so they can start to build the skills to add some more words into their vocabulary yeah yeah well thank you so much for joining us today it's been so helpful and so informative and i think it's really interesting and valuable to hear all this particularly for new parents because it can be a challenging time but it's such an exciting time to to have your little one start talking so thanks again for joining us today no worries. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's been really great. So for anyone who'd like to learn more about when your baby first starts to talk um, and some really great researched up-to-date information about other parenting and baby-related topics, you can head to www.caratane.com.au, follow them on their socials, or you can call the Caratane Care Line on 1300 227 464. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. I hope you found this helpful. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast. And if you'd like listening, please leave us a review. See you next time.